0: Previously on the Dave and Steve show.
1: So uh, here we are um, face to face, a couple of silver Mm -hmm. spoons. You will hear um, many English words um, mixed in with a lot of made up words
2: that you don't know. Uh, Then it came to mind what this segment really should be called. Uh, What you and I would talk about with Dave's Gone is. Uh, What Would Dave Hate segment. Oh, yes. And uh, So, Steve, uh, my major question to you is, what did you do this last week that Dave hated? I cleaned the garage. Right now, it smells like all of Cincinnati's residents just had sexual intercourse. So, so yeah, excited about that new Harry Potter movie.
1: Um.
2: (laughs) Uh, But uh, the acquisition editor that I had when I was trying to pitch this book told me that I was, uh, I was making fun of handicapped people. Oh. And I told her, so, when it squeaks or honks or makes some kind of noise, they feel bad inside. They shouldn't. Simply just take it out of your mouth, look at it, and go, what the heck's up with you? Yeah, knock it off. We're done. We're done with band forever. Yeah, well, this is terrible because when I... Uh, when I blow into this thing, it doesn't make that sound. You need
1: to look that kid in the eye and tell them, "Yes, you do suck.
2: You absolutely suck." The, you know what that—that that little bone at the bottom of the chin? I well, think it's—I think it's called the chin cup, I think, or something like that. Okay. Um, no, that, that no—that's a uh, Kevin Costner
1: movie. And I—I I'd, I'd go on for ten minutes, and uh, not even—not even caring if they're interested in what I had to say.
2: Dave is absolutely going apeshit right now.
0: Welcome to the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave, sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away. Oh, wait, I'm going to go back. Welcome to the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. I'm Dave, sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away is Steve.
1: Hey, I think we're going to get a tongue lashing from Dave tonight.
0: And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. Uh, I feel pretty moist tonight. <laughs> I would... There would be a tongue lashing in order because, as you can hear, the previously on I, we got to touch on everything. There was a little bit of, I think, there was a little bit of cooking in there. Maybe I, I'm I'm not quite sure. There was some Harry Potter. There was a little bit of everything, as Tracy alluded to that Dave hates. But last week there was no show, and I put that squarely on me. In 115 ish episodes, 112, I think we have not missed the show. We have not missed a single week of the Dave and Steve show with Tracy. Uh, even when it was the Dave and Steve show without Tracy. It was just the Dave and Steve show at times. Sometimes it was the Tracy and Steve show. Sometimes it was the Dave and Tracy show. The point is we never missed anything. And we would do best of we would do whatever. Last week, and I feel like I'm I'm just gonna say, and I know I'm I'm making excuses for myself, but I feel like the excuse, the reason we didn't have a show last week was squarely on me. I couldn't do our normal recording nights and the other nights didn't work out well for the fellas. But the reason I couldn't make the original night of recording is because I was at a movie theater watching the 45th anniversary screening of one of the greatest pieces of American filmmaking ever to grace the silver screen, and of course I'm talking about Smokey and the Bandit, yeah, the original Smokey and the Bandit. And I work, um, I got, I got, I want to be careful about how I say this because I do want to, I do want to approach it in a very respectful manner because. I respect a lot, a lot of the work that has been done, where I work around diversity and inclusion and, and gaming for everyone and all that. The point is, as a culture, we've changed a lot since Smokey and the Bandit, a lot. And so the you're people, saying
2: that there's some aspects of that movie that didn't age well? Is that what you're saying? Well,
0: so the people that I work with are some of the most progressive when it comes to leading that effort to change that mindset, especially in the industry that I'm a part of. And, mm-hmm. and there those people, including one that is absolutely tip of the spear when it comes to that effort and he listens to the show often, he was sitting right next to me in that movie theater as we watched Smokey and the Bandit. It did not age well at times, mainly due to Jackie Gleason, but there, there's a number of reasons why. But I will say this. It was also a very progressive film in its own ways. And part of that is... Sally Fields character. The Mm -hmm. main premise of the story is that she is running away from what is effectively a shotgun wedding. Right. And she is saying, eff it, I'm not doing this. I'm not adhering to these old rules. I'm gonna go run away and and start a life for myself. I'm I'm an ambitious person and I've got things I want to do. So that's sort of the whole premise. That's why she gets into Bandit's car to begin with. And then there are really subtle things that I never caught the first time around that I watched it this time. A great example of this is Jerry Reed's character, Snowman, stops at this little, he calls it a choke and puke. He stops at this little diner, and there's a whole bunch of bikers there. What they never they never overemphasize, but they just subtly work it in, is that Jerry Reed obviously knows the black owner and his son who work at this bar. They have a very good friendship. They, they have a very intimate, quick conversation at the bar. And then after Jerry Reed gets into it with the bikers and he gets the shit kicked out of him and all that kind of stuff, the 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 guy brings over his lunch that he had originally ordered before all this shit went down, and they have a hug. They have a moment where they hug. And it is just, again, it's one of those really subtle moments. But if you think about when this film was made in 1977 or whenever that was, and the film was sent, listen, the film was centered around the fact that they could not get beer in Georgia, so they had to go to Texarkana to get the beer and bring it back. Like, that's how long ago this film was made. That shit actually existed when this film was made. So the fact that that they just worked in this very subtle moment, it was, it was really sweet. And it was, for all the things that that film... And there's never a moment where the bandit says anything overtly awful. There's never any moment where Sally Field says anything overtly awful or anybody else. The only person who does is the guy you're supposed to hate in that film. So... Yes, it is. It it says things that would never be put on on film now, but at the same time, I walked away with it, kind of having a new appreciation of it's it's not as bad as I guess I remember.
1: I remember those moments, and I was and I, and viewing it now, I was surprised seeing. I was like, oh, hey, well, that did not turn out the way I thought it was going yeah. to
0: turn out. Yeah,
1: yeah, and um and um yeah yeah I, I know what you're talking about, Dave. I know what
2: you're talking about. I, but I absolutely love it when these movies really tell their age, and that they do things that are like, yeah, that are interesting for another reason. And so you kind of look at them, and and then you get to you get to use this as sort of a benchmark for like maybe just what you what you may may or may not value. I think mean, it's funny watching like Bad News Bears from again from that same era, 1970s, wow. so with Walter yeah. Matthau. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so, like, so what's interesting is that with Billy Bob Thornton, they did a newer version of it, right? So then what they had to do, the story's the same. So what they have to do is separated by a generation, use new values to make him still unacceptable and offensive in a new way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so now you're watching two generations of people portray someone as, like, what makes them... Um, absolutely, like unacceptable to society, and so you realize. And then who knows? Like in another twenty years, thirty years, they'll look at that remake and go, "Oh gosh, that's bad," you know. Yeah. And so it's it's Walter Matthau was a, a drunk and a foul mouth and a little a little violent with a temper, and uh Billy Bob Thornton was like kind of sexually perverted.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
2: We, and you know and then. Then I remember reading a review of the original when they were talking about how like the coach had all the kids riding in his car with like no seat belts. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah. wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No seat belts,
0: Walter. Well, speaking of Walter Matha, the other thing that Smokey and the Bandit does is not give one shit about how closely their stunt people resemble the actors they're attempting to portray. There is a, There are scenes in that film where it looks like a blonde Walter Matthau without a mustache who's supposed to be the bandit driving, and he's, you just see him right through the car. They don't try and cover it up or anything or shoot it from a good angle or anything. I think it's just one of those things where some of those car stunts are so difficult to pull off they were just happy getting the stunt. They were just happy that it worked and they didn't care if the angle wasn't quite right. right and you could see the driver inside. It, it didn't matter because the stunts. And that's the other thing too. The stunts were all practical. Like when they jumped a car over a bridge, they really jumped a car over a bridge. It was not, it was not special effects or anything like that. They just got a car and jumped And, the thing that I did learn was that the Trans Am actually wasn't powerful enough to make the bridge jump, so they had to put some kind of special Chevy engine into the Trans Am. See, that's the whole, that's the beauty of going to see the fifth anniversary screening of Smokey and the Bandit, is they give you a bunch of trivia before the movie actually starts on the screen. So they were just giving us a wall of trivia. And one of the things we learned is that the car, the these quote-unquote awesome muscle Trans Am, was not muscly enough to make the jump. So they had to actually modify it so that that one could make the jump. But... The other thing that I did while I was gone and we're going to get to you two in a minute but I feel like I've been gone the longest I got the most to catch up on. I went to Disneyland. Had a great time in Disneyland. Here's the thing I will say about Disneyland. There is uh, the, uh, Disneyland has done this masterful thing of and I don't know the whole history of it or why or anything like that, but they used to have this thing called uh Steve what was the what was the uh, fast pass? They had the fast pass. So you, so Disney originally you just there was one line, you got in the line, you waited in the line and so you got on the ride and then now you went Fastpass allowed you to run up to these machines outside of each ride, push a button, it would spit out tickets, and those tickets would tell you what time you needed to come back, so that you could go through the Fastpass lane. So you would leave, and it, now it's all different. It's all this Genie Plus thing. It's this new thing they've come up with. Of course, it's all on your phone, and and that part I appreciate. But it's all on your phone. You reserve times and all that kind of stuff, and all that works great. It kind of works the same way the Fastpass did. It's all fine, but for the quote unquote premium rides, the ones that everybody wants to get on, and in this in in our case it was the two that that we noticed were cars because that one always has like a 2 hour wait and the new rise of the resistance Star Wars ride. Those two now, so you pay $30 per person just to get Genie Plus. That's it. That's all it does. You you now have Genie Plus, you can do all the fast pass and all that. On top of that, there is no way to fast pass those two rides the only way to do it is to pay an additional twenty dollars per person in order to fast pass and get the 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 special line for those so you walk through the gates of disneyland and you're two hundred dollars into the day (laughs) like you haven't even you've taken two steps because those are such popular rides even the at a certain point you run out of the fast passes effectively the lightning lane is what they call them You run out of lightning lane spots for the day, and those fill up very quickly because they're all time-based. So everybody walks through the gates, they punch in their stuff, they immediately buy the... So if, like, we would walk in, and we weren't always there when the park opened, open, we'd be there like an hour after the park opened. So we would walk in, immediately reserve the Star Wars ride, which, of course, was 80 bucks because there was four of us, and it would be like, hey, come back at 3.30, and you can get in the lightning... Like, they were already filling up. And so it is such a... (laughs) I don't want to call it a scam because we had a good time, and... Those rides, uh, listen, I'll say this, and I'm going to go off on another tangent here for a second, but that, I'm not, Steve knows this, and he knows that I'm not just giving him shit because he is a massive Star Wars fan. Steve has known me for a long time. He knows that I can take or leave Star Wars. I appreciate the first three. Anything after that, I don't really give a shit about, like The Mandalorian, haven't watched Kenobi, don't, so anyway, I'm I'm what I would call a very middle-of-the-road Star Wars person that rise of the resistance ride is ridiculously amazing that was if i if i'm a middle of the road star wars guy my wife is a low tier barely star wars fan she will watch the movie if i'm watching the movie but otherwise she does not care she said that was her favorite ride at disneyland and the most impressive part to me is a practical moment where you i won't go through the whole ride because that's boring as shit. nobody cares but you you wait in a line just like anything else, and when the ride begins, they put you on a ship that's supposed to be departing the island and or the, excuse me the planet. And you walk, you physically walk onto the ship, and it's almost like being in a subway. There's little handles on the wall you can hold onto, so you don't sit down, you don't strap in anything, you just walk into this thing. And in the front of the ship and the back of the ship, there's windows. The front of the ship has a cockpit, animatronic guy in there talking to you. Hey, we got to take off and all that. So you're doing your thing. The ship takes off. You feel the ship take off. Now, obviously, the ship is not taking off, but you've walked through a door. You're in the ship. The ship takes off. You're watching this battle take place on the screens because you get engaged in this weird combat thing. A bunch of the giant ships show up. They, uh, uh, help me out, Steve. The Star Destroyers. Star Destroyers. A bunch of them show up, and they put you in a tractor beam. Now they've said, okay, you're, you've are you been pulled on to one of these Star Destroyers. The uh, Imperial Guards are going to come in. They're going to escort you off the ship. You're now prisoners. That same door that you walked in, that you walked in from outside, that door now opens, and you are standing on the deck of a Star Destroyer with a giant galaxy behind you and 30 stormtroopers lined up in front of you. And it is not, they didn't, it's not chintzy at all. The effect looks amazing. It looks like you are in this massive, massive Star Destroyer with the galaxy behind you, ships flying by all this and it would be the best job in the world to be the worker at the disneyland ride for that section of the ride because you just get to be a dick to everybody it's just shut up and get off the ship hey turn your flash off no picture blah blah like, they just yell at you the whole time because they're trying to get you to these cells so that that alone amazing like absolutely amazing that,
1: that moment and, is worth the 80 bucks yeah i, I mean, was it yeah. really it truly is it, it it's it's a spectacular that moment. It you catch your you you catch your heart in your throat. It's just like
0: hundred oh. percent. Hang on yeah, one second.
1: It, it is it is a crazy illusion.
0: It is now. All that being said, Tracy, there's still no way in hell you ever take your family to Disneyland, right? Probably not. No. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, I d- I don't
2: I just I don't care. I just this is helping a little bit,
0: but I mean I don't know. There is a, there is a, go ahead, Steve. I was going to just say, all
1: right. So Disney finally buys the rights to kiss.
0: Yeah. Kiss land. And
1: and the ride is um, you get, you finally make it to the gig and that same car door that picked you up Mm -hmm. opens up and you walk out and four feet and you're up on the stage in Mm -hmm. front of 30,000 people. Screen okay. half of them in makeup. It's 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 that
0: illusion. That's the and illusion. it's not that far out of the realm of possibilities because they did an Aerosmith ride. They turned Space Mountain into Aerosmith Mountain or whatever the whatever the hell they called it. I almost said something else, but they also did a Michael Jackson ride. So it's not like it's out of the realm for them to do musically related things like that. So
2: okay, he, I guess that will be my compromise. That when uh, when there's Kiss Land, yeah, um, the the I will drag the family there and if they don't want to go i'll just go by myself
0: and the, the last thing i would say is they the uh the ride that was closed because there's always something closed always closed for refurbishment something being worked on it was pirates of the caribbean and my theory is that pirates of the caribbean was closed because they were stripping all likeness of johnny depp out of pirates of the caribbean and reverting it back to a generic captain jack sparrow but i'm not sure i'll have to confirm that the next time i'm there but hmm. it was all around the time of the the trial and everything so I, i'm I think that's what it was, but I don't know. But anyway, we had a great time. Uh, then we did some lacrosse and wrapped up the season. I'm so glad it's over. My wife got horrific food poisoning from the last day of the... At least we think that's what it was. We also got Chinese food that night. But it's weird because she didn't eat anything that none of us ate. We all ate... We, everybody within our party ate something that my wife ate as well. So it's not like she ate some random food that nobody else had eaten that day. But man, she got... I, I said to you guys in 25 years of marriage, I've never seen her that sick, and I have seen my wife ridiculously sick, and I've never seen her like that before. So, she's over yeah, that. You said
2: that that was a little concerning.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Steve, mm-hmm. the the last thing that I will say that relates directly to you is you and I have a little bit of a uh, a rock and roll show this weekend. Uh, we're just it's a couple. This it's this weekend. <laughs> we're just a couple of days away from the reunion of the almighty Longshot, the band we played with all through high school and college uh we're we're returning to our our hometown to play a one night only show this saturday night are you ready
1: I, yeah i'm ready
0: i'm uh, ready to go I'm, it's I'm gonna be
1: it's gonna be great I, and i'm ready to show up early and you know run through the rehearsal and you know get the yaya's out beforehand and it's <laughs> is
0: that is that a, is that a band term i should be familiar with is that a known like did the who used to say let's get the yaya's out i'm not, i've not heard that
1: tracy which band used get the yaya's out i don't know um it's, it wasn't geez, it, it, it's, it's it's the rolling stones guys oh, oh
0: was it okay yeah i all don't right. know that's uh that's interesting <laughs> all right so steve uh on that note uh not we'll we know what you're about to get up to this weekend And I'm sure we'll have stories next week around this weekend. What would you get up to this last week?
1: So this last week has been a lot of um, my son's completing. um, He's completing all of his AP exams and he's he's back and forth. He's doing a lot of different things. Just kind of supporting him and making sure that he has everything that he needs. He had his SATs this um, last weekend and that was down in olympia so he and my wife went down to olympia on friday night stayed the night and um and then on saturday he took the sats um so there's been a lot of that but that's not what i want to talk about
0: well Mm -hmm. hang on i have have one quick question do you know when he's going to get the results from his sats or has he already
1: uh he hasn't gotten them yet it'll be i don't know another week or two does he have a a
0: sense for how he did
1: uh I mean he has a range where he thinks he's going to land, but he's this is this is the first time he's taking him. He's probably gonna take him again in August. So got it.
0: Okay. You know, okay. We'll
1: we'll see what happens. But he's he's glad that it's over. It's just you know, it's it's just putting your head in a vice for you know four hours and yeah, you know, dealing with the aftermath. But um, but I'm really proud of him. He did a good job. Um, I'm glad he went and did it and he did a lot of studying beforehand, so it's it's not easy to do. Um Anyway, um, something happened this, uh, this last week that I, I want to talk to you guys about. <laughs> and, um, it involves me driving in a car on a street. That's right in front. I mean, it's, it's right by my house, right? There's two schools there. Mm-hmm. Um, on that, on that street, it's a main thoroughfare. Um, Dave, you know, the street, it's the one that's in front of the, uh, the Safeway near where we used to live. Um, yeah,
0: I was just on that street Wait. on Tuesday.
1: Okay, well, that's block <laughs> I was actually <laughs>
0: on that street listening to the last episode where you two talked about the semen-smelling trees. So please continue.
1: Great. <laughs> okay, so that's like a block and a half from my house. So, um, anyway, the um,
0: semen-smelling trees are a block and a half from your house. Wow. Street. I don't know where the trees are, <laughs> Cincinnati. All right, please continue. I'm
1: driving. I'm driving in my car you know minding my own business and i hear this furious honking behind me okay <laughs> and and i look back and there is somebody in a um in a black uh big black suv just right on my tail like right on my tail honking like i think that there is an emergency and i i'm i'm looking around and and i look in my rearview mirror and i see the guy just you know, throwing his hands up yeah. and, and, you know, making, you know, he's yelling at me. Right. So I immediately pull over. Yeah. And I'm, and I know exactly what, what's going on. Um, He wants to go 35 and I'm doing 20 in the school zone. Right. Middle of the day on a Wednesday. And um, so he buzzes past me. Right. I may, I may have, I may have given him a hand signal, Um, but he gets, he gets to the, no, not that one. Uh, He gets to the, uh, the light. Um, Right. He's Mm -hmm. he's in a huge hurry to get to this light, which is red. And I pull up next to him in the turn lane, which is also red right next to him. And I know that we're going to have to interact in some way. Yeah. So I, I take a breath. And I gently just turn my head slowly over to him and he pulls up so he can be, he like shimmies his car a little closer to me. You know, he's older than me by 15 years, 20 years, maybe rolls his window down as fast as he can. And he is like, what are you doing? Driving so slow here or whatever. And I, and I looked at him and I said, it's a school zone. And, uh, and that, that's that's what I said to him. I yeah, said, it's a it's a school zone. He's like, that's only when kids are present, whatever. And uh, and uh, I said, it's the middle of the day on a school day, kids are kids are at the school, and, uh, and he's like, that doesn't mean anything. I said, and Washington State law says, like, oh yes. And and he just like, guys, um, I witnessed somebody that may argue in public professionally like the things that <laughs> yeah, he right. said to me yeah the, things, the horrible things that he said to me before the light turned green and we didn't have a lot of time right um
2: but it was he, enough time for him
1: uh, it was yeah it was enough time for him and i'm and it was it was so absolutely horrible the way he was he was yelling at me mm-hmm. again still believe i was in the right Right. Um, Yeah, and he's hollering these horrible things, like completely, like like yelling about you know my mother and um, just just dirty. But the but it was the tone of his voice Mm -hmm. that was so. Um, different, just like yeah, man, like he was casting a spell in like a demon movie, and, right. and it was all just kind of running together. And I now I honestly, was he
2: correct about the things about your mom, or what? He was, was not. He oh. was
1: incorrect about that, and he was cruel, and oh. he was and he was absolutely wrong. Um, and he was so wrong that it was it was absolutely you know, outside the realm of possibility. Were so, you
2: already dialing that 1-800 number for these uh, instances? No, that was a <laughs> number and that, and that is
1: no longer in service. Okay. So he's, I'm I'm seeing him do this and I, and his mustache is like big and stuff. And I, and I can kind of see it kind of curl <laughs> up like a, like a movie, like a movie villain, like a yeah. wizard yeah. movie villain. Yeah. And the way he's, and he's ga- he's gaining speed, and I'm wondering when he's gonna take a breath. And he's not taking a breath, but his his face is getting redder. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking that maybe he wasn't mad at me, but maybe mad at life. Um, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but no, I think he, he was mad at you.
1: He was yeah, that's
2: uh no, we've all been that mad at yeah, you. No, right yeah, um,
0: yeah.
1: But he was so he didn't stop like his cadence just kept going. And it was musical in a way uh-huh. like it was hitting notes and going up. It was the craziest, um harshest, uh, most, <clears throat> most intriguing profanity that I had heard in a long time. And about halfway through it, I started to chuckle because and I and I covered my mouth because I was I was in, I, I was embarrassed that I was laughing at him and I just kept laughing at him. And he left, like when it turned green, there was a flourish of of him waving his hands out the window, angry, right? right? And yet, driving away, yeah. right? Like his yeah, hands yeah. are not on the, but he's still, <laughs> and and I sat there for just a moment, like barely a like barely a second, and I just. I, I thought about it and I, and I made that turn and I stayed going 20 because that turn is still, it's still 20 miles an hour there. Um, and, um, and headed, headed to the freeway and just thought about it. And I have not spoken a word about this story to anyone until just
2: now. I haven't told this, it That's like in stand by me, me when, uh, he was, uh, journaling and he saw the deer yeah and he, and he said just he never like mentioned that. it until just that now. Right. So you guys experience it with him and and I feel like we just got to we got to see the majestic deer with you. Was it was
0: well, yeah. I mean the majestic deer that was telling Steve to go F himself. I mean oh yeah
1: uh, that's
0: how I picture most deer among
1: other things. Yeah. You I cannot believe how much detail he jammed into that. This sounds very
2: artful. This sounds that's
1: why I was laughing. I was like this. I'm I don't feel bad at the words he's saying to me because it's because this is this is what this is one of the most brilliant things I've yeah. seen in a yeah, long yeah. time. Yeah. But it was absolutely filthy and incredibly horrible and really, really harsh. And I wouldn't wish it on anybody else, but I
0: I know this I mean, wasn't your direct story, but it made me think of something. This is the way I thought it was gonna go is you were gonna tell us that he whipped out around you or you pulled over. He went flying by and immediately was hit by a cop, like cop pulled out behind him, cop lights on. And that made me think, I've never had the satisfaction of that happening. I've never had the dickhead on my heels who I pull over for or they find a moment and they whip out around me and then get popped by the police officers. Have you guys ever had that happen, that immediate justice of? Yeah, once many years ago, was exactly
2: as you described, just came screaming around me, very loud vehicle. So it was obvious you know, and, yeah, he just gets hit by the cops right
0: immediately. I'm always hopeful. Yeah. I'm always like, why can there not? I see 20 cops a day. Why can I not see a cop right now as this person flies by me at 105 in a 60 because I was doing 75 in the fast lane? Why can there not be a cop right now? And there never is. I've never There's had the satisfaction. There's probably a
2: cop podcast where they tell these stories all day. Yeah. and uh, But it never happens to you. That all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I, I I didn't know if either of you had had something. I'm glad you brought that up, Dave, because I was going to ask if either of you had ever had, um, uh, I don't know, automobile profanity thrown at you in such a such an you know artful way. Like I I almost want to hire him as a performance artist and have him show up at a at an event and do five little minutes. kid's
2: birthday or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I've never, I, I just can't believe how crazy it was. It was really absolutely horrible.
0: I've never had the window rolled down and something yelled at me. But, you know, I used to drive a Challenger, which is a throaty muscle car. And especially when I was driving, I had two. I had, I mean, not at the same time. I'm not Richie Rich. But it, I had an orange one, and then I had a black one later. But when I had the orange one, it was a bright Dukes of Hazard orange muscle car. And so I would get people all the time that... Felt like they had to challenge me in the car. Or no pun intended. Challenge There's me in the challenger. challenger. come on. And and some of it was playful. They would pull up to a you know a stoplight next to me in like the Toyota Corolla and rev up their their little four-cylinder engine next to me. And and some of it was fun like that. But I had I remember I was driving to work one morning and it was early in the morning. I was out on—you uh, guys know this street. Nobody else is going to know this unless they're in the area. But I was on Avondale, and Avondale is a street that eventually becomes a freeway. It, 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 there's no in-between. It just There's a stoplight, and then if you drive through the stoplight, you're now on what is called 520, which is a major freeway. And so I had a guy who, on the little two-lane Avondale road, whipped out around me and tore past me. And so, I mean, that car was beefy enough that if somebody did that, and they, I was in the right mood, I would do the same thing right back to them. So I just waited until there was an opportune time. And then I got around him and gunned it. And it was a very loud car. And so I went roaring past this guy. So then we hit that stoplight and we were right next to each other at that stoplight. And so I did the movie thing of like, he pulled up next to me, rev the engines, all that kind of stuff, and I waited for the light to turn green, and I gently pushed down on the accelerator and drove at the normal speed as as any normal human would be to take off from the line, and this guy just gunned it and got quite a ways in front of me, and then he slowed way down, got into my lane, slowed way down, so I had to, of course, pull out and go around him because he had slowed down to like 40 in the sixty. I pulled out around him and I did what I did to Steve on the camera a moment ago, which is, I call it the Brett Michaels. If you've mm-hmm. never seen the early poison videos, Brett Michaels did this thing where he spreads his index and middle finger apart. Mm-hmm. He puts, he puts them up to his mouth and he drops his tongue between the two and sort of wags his tongue. It's an obscene gesture, but I did that to the guy. And just like any other time that I've done it, the response, they're so shocked that you have done that it's very
2: disarming
0: yeah that i mean he just had this look of pure shock on his face and then i just gunned it and got away from the guy and drove off and took my exit which was one exit later and he didn't take the exit and the the situation was over so that's the only it's the only like real like in my mind thing that i can remember as far as like a a back and forth tracy i feel like because you're a motorcycle rider we're gonna get Mm -hmm. to what you did in a minute but you're a motorcycle rider and i feel like first of all motorcycles are easy to miss and because they're easy to miss, they can get cut off. They can have issues. People don't see them. They don't pay attention to them. Sure. And then on top of that, knowing you and having golfed with you, where I watched you yell at people, uh, who hit into us, uh, Mm -hmm. or even yell at a guy that you hit. It didn't matter, but I, I've seen you, I've seen you yell at people. I know you've got a little bit of a temper Mm -hmm. at times with Mm -hmm. the right situations. Right. And I feel like getting cut off on a motorcycle is one of those situations that would set you off. So, have you? I'm going to flip the question a little bit that mm-hmm. Steve had. Have you ever been the aggressor in a situation like this?
2: Um, only once, and it was in my neighborhood. It was like two doors down. I uh, had a teenage driver actually kind of just cut me off in my neighborhood. Like, were you on the hog? Well, I was on my, on my cruiser motorcycle on the hog years ago. Yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, <clears throat> and so I had, um, but I, not, it was a, it was a very kind of situation where I felt like I, there was something I needed to communicate to a young driver. This wasn't one of those, how dare you kind of things. Yeah, exactly. That, that same gesture. Yeah.
0: And she's like, I'm late for school. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well. I'm going to be plowing your mom's driveway later. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but uh, no. Generally, when I'm on my motorcycle, uh, I just create space. I'm yeah. really more interested, and uh, you can create space in a motorcycle. That's because you can slow down and you can like, you can uh, accelerate a lot faster than most cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and so, I've had situations where cars have tried to race me before um, strangely, I don't know. And it's like, my bike's not like super fast, but it's faster than most cars. Right. And, uh, but, uh, most of the time, yeah, I'm just, I'm there to, on on the bike to forget. And, uh, and I'm a pretty defensive, uh, rider. I don't, uh, I don't, and I, I don't, I don't, a lot of, I don't objectify. I don't consider the whole thing objectified. I don't think they're cutting me off they're just cutting a motorcycle off. Yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. personal against me. Yeah. So, so I'm paying attention. I'm making space and, uh, there's stuff I do that's, uh, both legal and illegal,
0: which helps me. <laughs> I've, I've that. got, I've got no problem at all with motorcyclists. I, I've now give me a, a guy on a bike, especially a guy on a bike on a road with no shoulder and a lot of hills that has cars stacked up 20 cars behind him. And it's all I can do not to just bump the guy into the ditch and drive away. I, I have to fight every urge I have to just commit manslaughter every time I drive by one of those dickheads and mm-hmm. the Lycra suits with the helmet on and the whole mm. thing. Motorcycles, I don't have a problem with. The only time I have issues with a motorcyclist is when we're stopped in bumper to bumper traffic and they do the thing where they ride up the center of the cars. They just follow the the line straight up and and cut through. I don't, I frankly, I don't know the law well enough to know if that's even legal or not. I don't care it bothers me enough to where I just want to open my door. Every time it's, again, I have to fight the urge to just grab the handle and just gently open the door at, right as they get to me and just watch the chaos that ensues. And then just say, yeah. well, I just, we were so slow. I wanted to look out and see if I could see what was going on with the accident or just make up some excuse, but just just watch them go through. And I'd roll down the window. I don't want them to get cut with glass or anything. But roll down the window, open the door, and watch them sail through the, the spot where my window is typically rolled up. That's all I want to do. Just, just as kind of comic book style. Not, yeah. Not
2: lane splitting or all that stuff's not legal in Washington State, though it ought to be. Okay. All right.
0: All right, Tracy, what'd you get up to last week?
2: Well, I was riding my motorcycle <laughs> up the side of the, No, just kidding. Uh, yeah. I, so here's some interesting thing. We talked about parenting. There's parenting choices that uh, you have to make, and yep. so uh, my my kids uh, tomorrow, my middle middle school kid is uh, done tomorrow. My kindergartner is done yesterday. And uh, my high schooler, he got done last week. So he got done early because uh, I had encouraged him to apply for cadet officer school, which is going to send him to Alabama. Now, the thing about my son is that he has a tremendous amount of anxiety when it comes to new situations. So just put him in a new situation, a new place, Yep, a new thing, and he gets just immensely worked up. Now, his main symptom, the main uh, sort of outpouring of his body when it comes to uh, anxiety, is is nausea. So, Got it. so he he's he's going to be nauseous. He's not going to be eating. He's going to be worked up, and it, and that's miserable. So that's that is an absolutely terrible way to just experience anxiety. And it's something like when I was his age, it wasn't too different for me. So it's one of these things where he's going to go to Alabama. He's going to go there for about two weeks and he's learning about just leadership and all these things. Um, And uh, so he is, he's worked up, he goes there. And the first couple of days, no doubt he is uncomfortable. He is, it's awful. And I know this is a stretching moment to him. So when you look at this type of parenting decision over time, you look at these things and say, this is good for him. This is something to experience. Yep. This is something he needs to stretch his wings. He needs to experience, to overcome these things in the moment though, this is exceedingly uncomfortable and I'm only as happy as my most miserable child generally. And so I have, uh, I had just a tremendous amount of empathy for him. Like, but Oh, I the thought you were saying it was like,
0: I thought you were saying it was inversely proportionate to the like the the sadder your kids are, the happier you are. I thought you were going that way.
2: Well, I no no, it's actually no, it's actually the way you might oh. think. Oh. So, no, but it's it's one of those things where he said he he sent me a message and he said, I, I would like to ask that you just not pressure me to do these things in the future. And I said, Like, dude, I'd have to I have to pressure you to get out of bed sometimes. Yeah like uh, and so uh, where are you guys when it comes to like these moments where you deliberately press your kids into their potential which is in the short term making them exceedingly uncomfortable
0: i feel like steve's got some extra blowheartedness in him over this subject so i'm gonna let him go i feel like he's gonna really he's getting ready to tee off on this bitch and and just give it to you. so go ahead steve
1: well, I am. I have some real strong opinions on this, Shut Tracy. I'm mean, right now. No, I, um, you know, m- m- my kid's under a lot of pressure. He, his school is, there's a lot of ad- advanced placement stuff, stuff I never had to contend with when I was in, in high school. Um, much, much harder situation for him to be in. But occasionally he gets um, he gets an opportunity to do something extraordinary and it's, it, yes, it's a lot, it's too much to put on him. And, um, and I have to talk to him and, and, and his mom, Wendy talks to him, um, about don't, don't let this get away from you. This is, this is something that is important. This is something that, takes up the place of three things that you would do separately that would take up more time. So if you're worried about spending um, too much time doing this, this, and this three things, this one thing will take care of, will satisfy all of those, those pieces for you. And it will, um, and it will be the best thing that could happen to you. Unfortunately it's coming down the pipe at a time when you have too much on your plate. And we can help you with a little bit of that, but for the most part, it's going to be like, sorry, you're going to have to, you have to do this. And yeah, I do worry that he feels like we're, we're pressuring him and making him do too much. Um, and, and it, it's a lot, it, it really is a lot, but we also understand there's going to be breaks coming, but it's really hard to see that when you are the person that has right. to do all of these things, you are the person that has to, um, fulfill all of these commitments that you believe your parents are signing you up for, right? Like, of course, I imagine he thinks that we're, we're pushing him into these things, but there've been things that my parents wanted me to do and I didn't necessarily want to do them. And they, they pushed me to do them. And there's things that, um, that my wife's, uh, parents wanted her to do and they, they pushed her to do them. And, um, and we're better because of it. We know he'll be better because of it, but it's really hard to watch. It's really right. hard to be the heavy on those things, you know? And he, I'm, I'm really proud of him, but th- it's hard. And he's, he's learning these lessons. It's all, it's all lessons. So is that blowhardy enough? Oh me? yeah, that
0: was really good. Okay. I, I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum because first of all, I have a wife who, 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 cherishes being in the heavy role she she is the one who my wife and i have very different upbringings in that my wife sort of had to struggle for everything uh and as a result she is the one who is like you're going to be you're going to have an easier go of this than i am but you're also not going to squander the advantages that you have that i didn't have so she kind of keeps him honest when it comes to that stuff i am the guy who I was the first male in my class to graduate high school. Not college, but high school. I was the first male in my family to graduate high school. So anything after that was gravy for me. Like, they were like, holy shit, this guy's a genius. Like, he graduated high school. So <laughs> I I didn't, you know, they didn't pressure me to go to college. They, My mom wanted me to go to college. She was disappointed when I didn't go to college. But at the same time, I, the... I still found a way to have a successful career and do fine. And so I'm the one who's like, let him blow off a day of school or let her blow off a day, of, a day of school. It's fine. Like, who cares? And my wife will be like, no, they've got tests. Things will back up. And I'm like, that's okay. They're kids. Like, let them just be kids. So, And that's not to diminish anything that either of you have said. I, I appreciate any type of parenting. We're all trying to do the same thing, which is just get mm-hmm. our kids in better shape than than we were. The thing that I do always tell him, and there's something coming up in the timeline that I apparently didn't delete. I can see it now. So we're going to just find out what this is. I don't know what this is. Uh, it's coming up in about, uh, looks like about 30 seconds or so, 40 seconds. Okay. There is um, The thing that I was telling him, because my, my son and my daughter, they both like sports. And so the analogy that I make, especially with my son, because my daughter's not old enough to lift weights yet, but my son is, and I always tell him, listen, it's just like lifting weights. You got to tear a muscle and you got to go through some pain to build back stronger muscle. So when it comes to things like being insecure or doing something that makes you uncomfortable previously on the Dave and Steve show, what you need to do, (laughs) I don't know why that's 44 minutes into the podcast, but there it is. What you need to do is you need to tear that muscle effectively. You have to do the thing that makes you uncomfortable and causes you some some in this case mental anguish to build a stronger muscle as a result. Every time you speak in in public and you hate it, you're going to get better at it. Every time mm-hmm. that you get put in a situation where you have to you have to punch above your weight class, I don't want to use a bunch of sports analogies, but you get what I'm saying you're going to be better for it coming out the other side. And so all of these things, whether it's a sport that you don't really, it's its three quarters of the way through the season and you're tired and you don't want to do it anymore, but you you still have to because you made a commitment to this team, or it's your schoolwork and you're getting to the point in school where you're just, you've had straight A's all year, you don't want to do this anymore, you're tired of putting in that level of effort, but you continue to do so because you know it's going to help you and benefit you in the long run. I try to approach it from that standpoint, and I'm not saying you guys don't. I'm, what I'm saying is, me personally, I try and approach it from the yeah. point of, yes, life sucks. W- the three of us know this on this podcast very well. You're going to have jobs in your life that you don't want to do. You you don't want to go to work. You hate your job. But guess what? You got a mortgage, and you have responsibilities, and you have a kid, so you have to go do those things anyway. Life is about finding those times to unwind and have a good time when the time comes but that means that there are going to be times where you literally just have to buckle down and pay for it to get to that point where you can enjoy yourself. Steve, you had a point.
1: Sometimes you got to look your kid square in the eye and say, there are going to be days when a cow's head comes off and you get a <laughs> bunch of guts in your mouth. It's just going to be days like that. When, when, a, de- yeah. when a decomposing cow comes apart and all of its guts blow on you that's just the way that's just the way life is kid yeah people just- don't
0: know what the hell you're talking about right now or some might but uh, so very briefly my grandfather once uh, was pulling a cow out of the uh, frozen muck and pulled the head off the cow and it was a windy day and when the cow's head came off with the chain that was attached to a front end loader all of the the guts from the neck of the rotting cow blew right into my mouth on the windy day. And I started Mm -hmm. to vomit in front of my grandfather who laughed so hard that I thought he was going to pass out from, from laughing as hard as he did. So that's what Steve was referencing.
1: Well, and I would say that if, um, if Mark Knopfler of dire straits Mm -hmm. uh, would have heard that story before he wrote, sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug, (laughs) he would have included that as part of the, uh, as part of the chorus of that song. Because
2: that's that's, that's uh, the
1: worst, that's the worst day. At work that you have
2: that's so w- when i w- when i was dropping uh my son rory off at the airport i told him i said look kids your age lied about their age to go to world war one you can go to alabama for two weeks <laughs> right yeah. and get on the plane
0: <laughs> yeah
2: so anyway that's how i handled it everyone has their own their own style that's uh that's mine.
0: well we also have our own bills that we have to pay so we're going to take a quick break on the dave and steve show here from one of our sponsors we'll be back right after this with Tracy I wake up every day and
2: I don't know what's gonna happen
0: sometimes my boss gets fired up and calls me into his office what's that about
2: I want a bunch of money in the lottery I got really excited what is wrong with me
1: millions of Americans live with these symptoms every day some don't even know they're suffering
2: my baby cries
1: sometimes I can't relate but other times she's quiet I get that too
0: Sometimes I don't want pizza. Chances
1: are that you and everyone you have met are good candidates for Gerdatin XR. March into your doctor's office and demand Gerdatin XR today. If they resist, go to another doctor.
2: I think it's getting better,
0: I think.
1: I still wake up every day, but now I know what's gonna
0: happen. I'm gonna take Gerdattin XR. Gradnexar has been proven to cause side effects in most of the users of the medication, but you still want to take it anyway. Side effects include vomiting, aging, diarrhea, constipation, constipation followed by diarrhea, winning children's board games, swollen feet, serious diarrhea, skin rash, sweaty eyes, lopsided nipples, aversion to campfire songs, awesome fingernails. 180 degree dunking, craving of chicken fried steak, hurt feelings, shingles, cancer, more diarrhea, charlie horse, writer's cramp, water in the knee, anything the operation patient had. Kite flying, clogged deer ducks, swearing, arthritis, bloating, heartburn, gas, nocturnal emission, sore throat, dry tongue, tattoos, slurpee, boondocks, duck hunt.
2: Gerdatin. Just take it. Plaster is an ancient and versatile building material. The most common types of plaster often contain gypsum, lime, or cement as their main ingredient. Plaster begins as a powder and can be made into a workable and pliable paste that will harden as it dries. Venetian plaster has been used for centuries on walls and ceilings, and when polished and tinted, it provides an interior design characteristic that provides interesting textures and the illusion of great depth to surfaces which allows spaces to feel larger and airy. Plaster can be used in association with many other uses besides building. This may include medicines, metal tools, dental impressions, and the genitalia of rock stars. This has been Tracy's one more reason to not care about Jimi Hendrix. Minute.
0: You guys, wow, well, that cut out quick. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys ever had a plaster mold taken in your penis?
1: Uh, after Tracy did that, uh, did that story uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, um, I tried like six or seven times and I, I couldn't get it to mold
2: right. Yeah. Just couldn't. Too much yeah, water. You, you can't make it soupy. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes a while to. Not yeah.
1: And I didn't really know how to do it right, and I didn't, I didn't really have a bowl that was the right kind of width.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of music and everything, so one of the things I have been watching is the, uh, it's called Pistol, uh, and it is a, a like eight or nine part series on Hulu about the formation and rise and fall of the Sex Pistols. Uh, it is mm-hmm. like it's a, it's not a documentary; it's an actual drama with actors and things. It's been really good. I I would listen. It's not it's not earth changing. It's not gonna change the world, but it's a fun, entertaining thing. I don't know how accurate it is or not. But the weird thing about it is that I that I noticed is, I think her name is Macy Williams. Is that her name from the from Game of Thrones? Mm -hmm. She is in this, and and the first episode that she shows up, I didn't even realize it was her because she's got this weird kind of almost beehive haircut. She's got this deep black eyeshadow that's smeared across both eyes. And she's just kind of hanging out with the group that's sort of around, that's formed around the Sex Pistols. And then the very next episode begins with her in what I can only describe as a completely see-through raincoat uh, with no top on. And she's riding down the street and and all the people are, of course, shocked. And then she goes to work at the clothing store that's tied into all this None of that matters. What matters is that I am I think I'm pretty much done with the series. I might have one more episode that hasn't been released, but I'm, I've watched them all. I've watched all eight or nine of them. She has a very limited role, and from what I can tell was just put in the series to just be naked. Like, I don't understand. As far as I know and as far as I've, I've read in headlines and things, she's going to do a spinoff of Game of Thrones. I think that's still the plan is for her to have her own series around being that little assassin. And is gonna have her own so i i'm not i guess what i'm saying is i was shocked and i'm not quite sure why she needed to be why she felt she needed to be in this because the series is okay but it's not great and it's not like she's a, a at the forefront of it she has this weird little bit part where she shows off her boobies all the time
2: mm-hmm. yeah i'm not uh so what's the what's the weird part about that again <laughs> no i've not seen that okay. I, I i may i may watch that that's uh That uh, that particular series has interested me.
0: Okay, well that's I had nothing else, and Steve's silent on this, so we're gonna find out what Tracy has in the headlines. (laughs) And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. (laughs) Our first
2: story, a man has been ordered to carry out 75 hours of unpaid work after he farted at police during a strip search telling officers how do you like that? Stuart Cook, 28, deliberately broke wind 3 times during the search after being caught with <laughs> cannabis. 3 times. You know
1: that he tells that story that way too. Uh-oh. 3 times.
2: <laughs> and on the three third
1: one, of community service, 3 times. <laughs>
0: And on the third one, I yelled, how do you like that? And everybody in the bar raises a glass and cheers each time, every time. Yeah, they've heard it every time. Or they just, they they when it gets to that point, and you know what I said? And they all together in unison, bill, yeah. how, do you, how like do you like that? That, no! yeah. Yeah, that
1: guy's going to be high times man of the year. <laughs> yeah.
2: The report indicates that Cook was stopped by police officers who approached him upon smelling cannabis. Cook became irate when he was handcuffed and began shouting at officers. Search was carried out of Cook and his vehicle, and a small amount of cannabis was discovered. Cook continued to act in the same way as he was driven to Kitty Brewster police station. Uh, He screamed expletives and popped out his chest at officers, according to court reports. At the station, he was strip searched and told to bend over. At a previous hearing, uh, uh, they said that what happened next was... uh, he deliberately farted in the direction of the officers three times, stating, "How do you like that?" <laughs> the uh, the court report indicated that the police officers did not like that. I wonder if it was uh,
1: three quick rips, well, <laughs> or if it was like three separate events. Yeah, like uh, one of those uh, things no, where no he timed and spaced out so that the entire afternoon was ruined.
0: Yeah, or or like the. <laughs> And then they're like, all right, hey, knock it off. Stand up. Stand up and look at me. Are, is this how we're going to do this? And then like it, bend him over again. <laughs> OK. I'm not kidding. I will get this club out like I, I did. He was it one of those. I, I agree with you, Steve. And And I will also say this. I think we've all been in situations where you don't mean to fart. Like, you, ha- you have put your body in some weird position for whatever reason. You're reaching for something. You got to lift your leg over something, and uh, it comes out three times. You-, you got no excuse. You can't say it's – I mean, they asked him to bend over so they could cavity search him, and I guess maybe you could make the case, if you had eaten the right things, that three different times putting your body in that kind of a kink is just going to make it happen, but – I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to hold see, up.
2: See, what I think he does is I think he fires off the first one and he cuts it short because there's that, the initial indecency yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's opportunity. It converts to opportunity and you know there's there's more there. Right. So you give the second toot and then you realize you're into something, but you probably got just one left. Can't, okay, and that's how the third one shows up and the then third, and the to third one's gonna be a gamble,
1: a, right you're gambling on that third one
0: so i got so now we're now we're on the subject of farts we're gonna dive in here okay here we go i i gotta ask you guys mm-hmm. when it comes to your family your immediate family wife kids whatever do you fart in front of your family and if so do you make a joke of it? Do you call attention to it, or do you just literally fart and move on? Is it one of those like you you hope to get away with it, but suddenly your wife smells it and is like, "Oh my gosh, really again?" Where where are you guys at with farts when it comes to your close personal loved ones?
1: All of the above, I all of those scenarios you just described, um, I, I've 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 been a party to all of it.
0: Okay, Tracy, um, what about you?
2: Well, I've, I've kind of grown into a, uh, a style now. Um, I've, I've had a lot of uh, indiscretions when it comes to farting over the years. But right now, I mean, like one of the things that I've done is like, it's something I've gone completely uh, conservative with. It's generally not something that I do uh, in front of the family. And uh, if it happens, I do it in the most discreet way possible.
0: See, and that's where I, that's where I've always been. So I I know families who it's it's a running joke between all of them. They'll literally lift a leg and rip a fart, and then everybody will make a joke about it, and they have a good laugh and everything. I am always I am always as discreet as humanly possible. So much so that I will excuse myself from a room if I need to, and I won't say like excuse me, I got to go fart. I'll just step out of the room and go somewhere else and take care of it. So much so that my wife and I had been married for a good ten. To 15 years steve you you know dates much better than i so whenever i had my first stomach gastric surgery not for weight reduction or anything i had some stomach issues and they had to go in and do emergency surgery on me whenever that was and i'm i'm gonna just say 10 years in to the marriage and that's six that's probably relatively liberal to say 10 years but the point is The doctor came in and said, after the surgery, hey, how are things going? How you feeling? Was just running me through questions, and the wife was in the room. And he said, have you farted yet? And before I could answer, my wife said, he doesn't fart. And the doctor said, well, he does fart, because everybody farts. I'm curious if he's farted yet. And she's like, I've never heard him fart in my life and that's because that's how i was that's how i've always been wired And it's not necessarily my dad my dad loved to rip a fart and say hey did you hear that yeah. duck we had a duck in here what like he'd make the, all those jokes the in disneyland to bring this back to disneyland just shitty food in disneyland overpriced cafeteria food effectively in in disneyland and so it's just a lot of greasy chicken strips and burgers and pizza and that kind of stuff way too overpriced for what you get but it wreaks havoc with your intestinal system, especially when you're walking as much as you're walking. You walk ten miles a day easily in that park, and so you're just you're, you're gassy. And we got back to the hotel. We were walking down the hall, and my son and I were a little bit further back because my wife and daughter were goofing around. They were racing each other down the, the long hallways. And as we rounded a corner, I just took a step and pff, I farted. And and Sebastian was like, "Did you just fart?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I did." And he's like. I've never heard you fart before. I was like, "Yeah, well, there, there it was." So I'm, I'm very conservative. How do you like that? (laughs) And then I did it twice more while holding him (laughs) down on the floor.
1: I've known you for like 43 years. Yeah, and never. Yeah, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever ever heard you fart. I'm, I you Dave's heard. Oh
0: yeah, so many times. Oh yeah.
1: Just terrible, terrible. But never, never have I, never.
0: It's it's a weird, and listen, it's on me. I put it on me. It's a weird quirk that I have, but it, it is just one of those things that like, it's a natural human body function. Everybody right. does it. And I just, I I don't, I refuse to let myself do it in front of people unless I've had way too many churros and I'm walking Steve, down a hallway. Steve
2: doesn't drink. You don't fart. Yeah. Everybody yeah. has their own I mean, thing.
1: If you choose a life where you where you don't fart like that. Occasionally, you're just going to need, um, you know, incredibly invasive stomach surgery. Yeah, you can't and, walk
0: it back.
2: <laughs> yeah. Our second it. story. Two people were rescued after falling into a tank full of Chocolate at the Mars M M&M and M factory in Pennsylvania. Willy Wonka. Both patients were uh, transported to the hospital, according to uh, the nine one one dispatch. One patient was transported by ground. One person was transported by Oompa helicopter. Oompa.
0: now I, I, I'm being, I'm being serious here. Why would you have to go to the hospital for falling into, to chocolate? Because I don't, f- is there something where if you get too much like through your pores or something like that, it can clog pores and cause you to suffer? Like why, of all things, like why would falling into chocolate necessitate a, a ride to the hospital? I don't know.
2: That's, I I an
0: Okay. When you fall
1: into a tank of chocolate, everybody, everybody knows you make the best of it. You start eating. Right. You are going you are going to ingest as much of that chocolate as possible and there's no way you're not going to. Yeah. It's not you're not going to not do that. You're going you are going to eat so much chocolate that you are definitely going to either drown or need to have your stomach pumped because that is that you're going to give yourself you're, it's going to be a race against diabetes.
0: And you Get know me? what I would do Steve? I would immediately start swimming away from the location that I fell in. And the while I ate, and the reason for that is you don't want the balls to contaminate the chocolate. You want to swim away from where the balls have tainted the chocolate. While you in the butthole, and while you swim, you eat the pure chocolate as you go.
2: I yeah, mean, that was, yeah, uh, that, was that was Willie, That was uh, that was in the first Willy Wonka movie. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, Mind yeah, your you, butthole,
1: and and Dave would take that opportunity, being completely alone in the chocolate, to fart. <laughs>
0: Just one chocolatey bubble. Why,
2: why is all the bubbling yeah. around the uh, the extent of the injuries uh, were unknown, but early reports were that both victims tasted delicious.
1: We're delighted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Our third story: A Missouri Court of Appeals has affirmed that an insurance company must pay 5.2 million dollar settlement granted to a Jackson County woman who claims she unwittingly caught a sexually transmitted disease from her romantic partner in his car. In an opinion issued Tuesday, a three-judge panel found that the judgment entered against GEICO, General Insurance uh, Company, um, through early uh, arbitration proceedings. Uh, The insurance company sought to undo the action, claiming that uh, errors were made in the Jackson County Circuit Court and the settlement agreement was not done in line with Missouri state law. But according to papers, the woman identified in the courts only as mo notified geico in february 2021 of her intention to seek monetary damages alleging that she contracted the sexually transmitted disease from an insured member in his automobile
1: that now that's that's going to set a dangerous precedent
0: yeah i i have a question and it's not i don't have a do you did you ever catch a sexually transmitted disease while in a car Mm -hmm. because i think tracy's answer is emphatically Mm -hmm. yes Mm-hmm. My question is actually, do either of you know anybody personally who currently has Geico for their insurance? Because I don't know a single one, and I don't know that I've ever known. Not that insurance comes up a lot in conversations, but it comes up enough to where you're just having the ancillary conversation around. Oh, my insurance sucks. It's State Farm, and I got to do this stuff. Sorry, State Farm. I know you're a sponsor, but whatever it is, I've never, I've never known anybody who has Geico.
1: I I I know. I, I don't no, understand. I, I a lot of I their no mail. Idea. Yeah, like they they they're constantly trying to get me on. But
0: and their commercials are everywhere. But I don't know anybody who's had Geico, and maybe this is why.
2: Yeah, well, it's a, if you have a policy that covers this, this is actually kind of um assuring.
0: Oh, I yeah. thought Geico gave the person the sexually transmitted disease. I misunderstood.
2: No, no, nope, uh, nope. I mean, <laughs> one of, the oh, of the So okay. it happened in the car. So they uh, they went after the uh, automobile insurance.
0: Gotcha. So right.
2: I don't have disease transmittal coverage in
0: my policy. I'm gonna be honest with you. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what I have covered in my policy. I should probably look. Probably Man. been getting a little too frisky in the vehicle, if you know what I mean.
1: I've been with my um, with my auto insurance company uh, so long that I'm what they call a a a, a, cr- a crown member, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I I bet I'm covered.
2: I yeah. bet. You probably get to do it like transmit something like twice a year. Yeah, and you get like uh, forgiveness yeah. coverage.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, Steve, STI forgiveness coverage. It's
2: yeah, and they just give you one of those. Ah, oh, you knucklehead. Yeah. Wait, well, yeah. all right. You get you two of these a year. Years.
1: That's fine. Yeah.
2: Not, don't get a third one. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> the rates are going up. A four-story man. Japanese scientists have developed a slightly sweaty robotic finger covered in living skin and in an advance, they say, brings true human-like robots a step closer. The finger which was shown to be able to heal itself is an impressive technical feat that blurs the line between living flesh and machine. But scientists were divided on whether people would warm to its lifelike anatomy or find it a little creepy. I'm not touching this story, Dave, go for it.
0: Well, I think initially you're going to find it creepy, but the, the, the I see huge benefits in this in terms of if you get a finger cut off, eventually this is going to lead to the science that allows you to basically either attach a robotic finger that completely mimics down to the skin a lifelike finger, or it's going to allow you to regrow your own finger in some nanobody way. Uh, Sorry, QAnon folks that listen to the show, but uh, it's going to allow you to regrow a finger in some way. So this is the kind of thing, like, I get it. I get that I am naive when it comes to the risks that this type of science and AI and all of that stuff impose on us but I also know that I just recently listened to a, a an interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson where he doesn't have strong views of AI taking over either uh, because we, we can we we still can govern we've got AIs in our life right now I mean you've got a, a robotic friend that you can ask questions of that sits on your counter that is AI uh, I I just I don't I always look to the bright side of these things, and I don't look at necessarily the negative, uh, because I think there is big benefits that could come from this.
2: That that wasn't anything I thought of that oh. you could do with this finger. Oh, oh. So anyway, all right. We're surprised by how well the skin tissue conforms to the robot's surface, says Shoji Takeuchi, a professor of the University of Tokyo who led the work, but. Uh, this work is just a first step towards creating robots covered with living skin. Team, uh, the team argued that uh, more lifelike humanoids would be able to interact with people more naturally in a range of roles, including nursing care and the service industry.
0: I want to be really careful. So I'm not going to call out any country or any, any person in particular. But I do feel like now that you've gone a little bit further with this story... They're just figuring out a way to make better f robots that is that is all this is this is for that is all this particular situation this is not to regrow skin or anything like that this is to to make a better fleshlight, effectively i think
2: that that uh, that could uh that could be i I haven't been able to confirm that but the slightly sweaty finger I think that tells you all you you need Circle to know about this the
0: square on
2: that
0: yeah. and that's the news fellas all right well so here's the thing. Uh, next week, we're going to have another great show, normal show. And then after that, just, just as I return and just as we get back in the swing of things, I'm gone again. I'm gone two weeks for a trip, a business trip. And then I'm gone another week. I'm up camping by Mount Rainier, but I will make this semi commitment, partial commitment. And, and we'll see if I, if I hold true on this jet lag always screws with me anyway, when I travel overseas. And so Even though if I did the math correctly, I think I would have to be up at 5 a.m. in the morning in order to record the show with you two knuckleheads. If I can, I am going to wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm going to join the show because I think either way it'll probably be entertaining to have my weird, spacey, jet-lagged brain at 5 a.m. in the morning my time trying to talk to the two of you and keep up with you. So... That's that's my I say commitment now. I don't know if I'm gonna hold myself to it, but for right now, the plan is that on both days it would have to be Friday morning at 8 a.m. I'm gonna get up with both of you, and I'm gonna record the show. And Steve, I'm gonna have you keep me honest on this.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. That'd be that'll that'll be that'd be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I think I I like that
0: idea. Okay, all right. So for so now I can't I make no promises about when I'm up at Mount Rainier because I don't think I'm gonna have any kind of signal. There's gonna be no way for me to do a show. So that one you two might have to cover. But I will do the very best that I can to be up at 5 a.m. on both Fridays that I'm gone while I'm overseas. And I will record the show with you guys. Now, that does mean one of you is going to have to record it. And I'm going to have to just basically be a weird, incoherent call-in guest of sorts. But that's fine. it's not going to be any worse than normal weeks for me. So uh, so that's what I've got coming up. Uh, before we get the hell out of here, Steve, anything else from you? Nothing good. Tracy, how about you? Uh, nothing at all. All right. For Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy.
1: What kind of pictures do hermit crabs take? Shelfies.